Uh, all right, so one of the most infamous stories in my family involves KB Toys. Who's old enough here to remember KB Toys? Okay, good. All right. So, little toy shop in Washington Square Mall. There was a, uh, a, a, a one Christmas where my, uh, my mom wanted to get this new holiday Barbie. My mom collects Barbies. And this new holiday Barbie was coming out and uh, we, my, I, I want to say my cousin Lauren had just been born and she was so excited. She wanted to get one of these Barbies for, um, for my cousin, too. Again, who was too young at least to appreciate the gift. So she convinced my dad to uh, go and get this on like opening day. And the mall responded, uh, knowing that there was a lot of people and it was gonna be cold outside. The mall, the mall opened early, but KB Toys opened at you know, whatever time they were opening. And so the big gate was down. And, um, and so my dad took me. And I don't remember much about that morning. I don't remember much about even being roped into going to this. I don't remember much surrounding this. What I remember is waiting outside for this door to open. And if you've ever seen the movie Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger, it was like that. Uh, the gate started opening and people dove under the gate to get this holiday Barbie. And I remember as everything was happening, my dad grabs my coat and says uh, something to the effect of stay close. And it's like, I don't have an option. And then I remember this other guy looking at me and I, I think he said something to the effect of you're gonna get trampled kid or something like that. And this, this, this mob, this, this blob of angry people in a free-for-all are driving themselves into KB Toys before the gates even up to get a Barbie. And I remember the absolute anarchy of this. I don't remember what happened. Like, I, I rem if I remember correctly, I'm the one that actually grabbed one of the Barbies. Um, but there were people racing down the aisles to go find like the stocks on the shelves. They had a display case right in the front of these things. And you know, honestly, I, I really don't remember if we got more than one. I want to say we came home with two, but I, I want to say the second one was where we went across the street and found out that Toys R Us had like three times more and there wasn't even a rush. Anyway, that's one of the most infamous holiday stories in my family, um, mostly because one year I did watch Jingle All the Way and I had flashbacks of this, and uh, kind of like somebody who was shell-shocked. Um, but what's interesting mostly to me about this memory is, like I said, I don't really remember much around it. I don't remember what I had for breakfast. I don't remember, I don't remember if, if my dad took me to breakfast, because there was a Denny's right there, but my dad would rather burn down any Denny's than go to it, so that probably didn't happen. But I don't remember anything except for those few mo moments before, and then the action of going in and leaving. And I hear the stories from my dad all the time about this. And, and like he reminds me, and most of what I'm repeating, he's actually reminded me of, but I remember the expectation, I remember the waiting, but I don't actually remember anything around it. Now I bring that up because uh, if, we, if, if we open up to the Christmas story in the Bible, whether it's in Matthew or in Luke, there are certain facts omitted. We don't, have, we don't know 
what Mary and Joseph were doing uh, before they got the order from Caesar Augustus to go and register in the hometown. We don't know if Joseph was building a house for them. We don't know if Mary was cleaning that house and he'd completed it. We don't know if Mary traveled to, uh, to Bethlehem riding on a camel, a donkey, a cart, or if she hoofed it for 80 miles. We don't know any of that. We fill in these gaps. We try and remember the Christmas story maybe through plays or through... through um, just, just, just maybe like imaginings. But what do we really know about the Christmas story? Or rather, I'd, I'd rather like to phrase it like this. What's most important to know about the Christmas story? Is it the name of the, 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 name of the animals in the stable? Or is it the person who came? Advent which is what we've been celebrating. Which actually, would you go get the matches? They're on the desk in there. Ah, uh, Michael's going to light them for me? Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, the matches are on the desk in that, not my office, but the other one. Um, Advent, which is the reason we have these candles up here, is supposed to remind us of that period of waiting. Not just the days before Jesus came, but the entire history before Jesus came. Uh, each week we've read scripture relating to four themes as we lit the candles. They told the story of Christ's birth in, in this way. You have first the prophet's candle, which symbolizes hope. Then you have the Bethlehem candle. You don't have to light them as I say it. Uh, you have the Bethlehem candle, which symbolizes faith. You have the shepherd's candle, which symbolizes joy. And then you have the last candle, which apparently is quite debated on its meaning, uh, which is the angel's candle, symbolizing hope or love. Um, I found both. So, uh, but anyway, the, the, the prophet's candle saying Jesus was promised well before he came. The Bethlehem Campbell, uh, Campbell, Camel, candle. Anyway, the, Be <laughs> the Bethlehem candle um, symbolizing that trust of making, making the journey. The shepherd's candle symbolizing the joy of, of the shepherds when they come and they see Jesus. And the angel's candle or the love candle which ultimately symbolizes the, the delight in heaven of Jesus' birth. Now, the final candle that we have is not debated on its meaning. The final candle, the one in the center, is, is proof that joy himself was incarnated. Um, uh, it's, it's the Christ candle. It means he's been born, he's come, the Lord himself, who Paul wrote in Colossians 1, 15 to 20, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, uh, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. When we think of Christmas, is that what we think of? 
is this king the one we think of? Or is it the helpless, uh, wiggly little baby boy Jesus, who if you read away or sing away in a manger, uh, no cry did he make? Do you have the Jesus who is who, who all things were made to and by and for and through? Or is it the helpless baby? Because Jesus was not helpless. But he set aside his divine rights. Paul writes in Philippians 2. He, he set aside his divine rights so that he might come and redeem this fallen world. The helpless baby Jesus is not the story of Christmas. The king coming to secure victory in battle is. So, the waiting period is the point of Advent. The wait being over is the point of Christmas. And the, 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 although we live in what theologians rightly call the already but not yet, uh, Jesus' sure and secure victory, we're waiting for it to fully culminate, but it, it, it's promised, it's sure, the already but not yet. I want us to read part of Luke chapter 2. And if you have a Bible, or if you want to grab one of the pew Bibles, Luke chapter 2 is on page uh, 949. So I want to read the story of Jesus' birth, because I, want to, I really want to get to the series of people who were waiting and got to see Jesus. So start, starting in verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house uh, and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in, a swaddle, or in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in, in the inn. By the way, most scholars don't think he was actually born in a barn. So that's, uh, that's, that's something that's always, always fun uh, to read in commentaries. Verse 8, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, the, uh, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among these, or those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. Now pause. The, verse, the Bible doesn't tell us what the shepherds were doing. We can assume they were maybe sitting there eating, eating dinner, 
keeping watch over the sheep, and then bam, an angel appears. That's often what it feels like when we're waiting for something. Just suddenly it appears. Uh, verse 16, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that, uh, that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So we've got the shepherds that were waiting. They wanted salvation. They got to see it, and they were happy. They went, and they went to go see it. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. When was that revealed to him? It doesn't say. We don't know how long he waited, but he might have waited his whole life. And he came in the spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom, the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for, glory, and for glory to your people Israel. Shh, guys. Shh. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. So we've got Simeon. So we've got the shepherds, we've got Simeon, and then we've got this last individual, and there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84, which is quite old in those days. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting, uh, and prayer, or with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up to that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. It was no mere child that was birthed. It was God incarnate. The wait was over, and now, now joy himself had come. These were just a few examples of some people that rejoiced at Jesus. And I, I, I know that every year we celebrate this. Every year we read this. Every year we sing the same old songs. And we, we, we sing them almost robotically, right? But God has come. Last year I wore a, wore a suit to say that God did not come as uh, uh, God as, a, as an... Uh, God has not come as God in a man suit, but God came incarnated, wearing full divinity and full humanity. 
Jesus upholding the entire universe by the word of his power while also sucking on his thumb. We're not going to get it. We're not going to understand it because we are not God. But the wait is over, folks. Jesus won the war. When we read uh, the last, or when we read those first few verses in the Gospels, we need to remember that the wait is over. Christ has come. May he come again quickly. Amen. Let's pray, and we'll sing two more songs. Heavenly Father, you sent your own son to die on the cross, and when you did so, you sent, um, you, you sent him in a miraculous way through virgin birth and through, through uh, people recognizing who he was even as a baby. And these were not just mere people that looked at, looked at your son and said, oh, what a cute little baby. I'm sure he's the savior of the world. These were people that you revealed it to. And God, I pray for the few of us here, I pray that you would reveal that again and again to our own hearts, that we might remember that you sent your son to redeem this world that we have broken. The sin that man hath wrought took God himself to die on the cross. That's wonderful news. May we celebrate that tonight. And may we remember that you came, Emmanuel, God with us. Someone that we in our lives so often treat as if you're so far away, and yet you came to be with us. Amen.